Hello, everyone, and bienvenido. Uh, lessons from the office. This is Randy here with always Bruce. Bruce, how are you doing today? I am well, Gates. Yeah, and you may wonder out there in podcast land why we are speaking different languages, because it is an exciting time here at Lessons from the Office now that we have just blown up globally. Uh, Bruce was telling me before we started recording today that we have listeners from really all around the world, which is super exciting. Uh, Bruce, who are people, where, or where are people tuning in from? We have people obviously tuning in from the great United States of America. USA. USA. However, looking beyond our borders, 5% of our listeners are coming to us from Mexico. Hola. And uh, about 1% are coming from India. I don't know any, any, anything that I can say in their language. No, I don't. I don't either. Oh, I speak a little bit of German, but it's like words here and there. I was going to ask, did you in high school, college, take a language? Uh, I took a language. I took German in high school, and then I continued that into college, uh, mm. but I took the bare minimum. And then, yep. you know, yep. they always say if you don't use it, you lose it. And so yeah. I've, I've lost it. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I have some really good family friends that uh, do live in Germany. Uh, but they speak English so well that I have never had a need to speak German. And even when I've met people here in the States that are German speakers, it's just so much easier to speak English because their English is probably better than mine. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I took Spanish in high school for three years. And then when I was in college, being an arts and sciences major, I had to take a language again. So it took whatever the minimum was of Spanish, but it was still quite a few classes, four or five classes that I had to take. Uh, like you, you know, I don't, I don't use it, so I've, you know, forgotten 90% of it, but still that 10%, sometimes I will surprise myself, you know, if I'm helping my son who's starting to learn some Spanish even in fourth grade, and then I'll, like, remember things or phrases or words, you know, I, I certainly couldn't survive if I was just dumped in the middle of, you know, a Spanish-speaking nation, but I could right. probably, you know, find my way to the biblioteca or someplace like that. Right. But it's, but it's, you know, it's funny. Some, sometimes I'm just thinking of something and I'll remember a phrase or a word and I'm like, wow, I didn't think that I would remember that. You know, a few years ago, I rented some like learned Spanish CDs from the library yeah, and I try okay. and listen to them to and from work, but nothing ever stuck. And so then, you know, a couple years later, I tried using the Duolingo app. Uh, sure. Speaking of Duolingo, if you're interested in being a sponsor for our podcast, right. we would That's happily right. sponsor you. It is mm -hmm. a fantastic app. You know, I felt like it was structured really well. The weakest link, though, was me because I wasn't consistent. <laughs> wasn't consistent in using it, so I feel yeah. like if I had been consistent, I probably would have learned Spanish. But uh, yeah, just was not consistent with that. But you, you bring up a really good point, though, and you said this a minute or two ago that even people that are from other countries where English isn't their first language, they probably speak English better than we do. I mean, we use crazy accents and words. I am from originally the Pittsburgh area. There is a whole Pittsburghese. Ewans. Yeah. I mean, we use words that just aren't even words. So, I mean, I can't even imagine how difficult it is for someone to come from not a an English-speaking uh, country and learn our language. And they can learn everything. But then you can go to different parts of the country, the accents and the words and the phrases. I mean, that's got to be so hard for them. Yeah. It's got to be nuts. But – there's so much media that has, you know, movies and shows and stuff that have people with different accents that yeah. that I think it's probably, well, it's probably not easier, but it's probably not as, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to go with this. <laughs> well, but you, you mentioned media. You know, a lot of people that come to the country, to, to the United States, 
States or to an English-speaking country, they say that they pick up English from television shows. You know, they learn right. to speak English from watching Friends on right. the, on their TV for you know twenty-five years or whatever. And you know, you kind of laugh, but I mean, what really? What better way to learn that? I mean, I don't I don't know if I would be willing or if I would even be able to listen to something in another language and just be able to pick up on it and learn the language from that. I had a friend that was teaching English in a in another country. And all of her students thought that all of the American instructors like owned their own private jets and like lived in New York City <laughs> because right. of the media. And they're like, no, That's we're true. from Ohio. It's like, you know, we're from this small town in Ohio. Right. It's interesting how much media not only can help people learn English, but also how it can drastically skew their perception of what the average American is like. Oh, and I think the the reverse is true. I mean, I'm sure we oh, all yeah. have perceptions and thoughts about different cultures just because of the way that we see it portrayed on TV or in movies. And that actually leads us really well into the cold open of this episode. It sure does. Where Michael sure had does. the wrong perception of someone. But before we jump into that... Let's talk a little bit about some details of the episode. Yeah, so this is Season 2, Episode 9, and it is called Email Surveillance, and it is directed by Paul Feig. It was written by Greg Daniels and Jennifer Cleata. I apologize for any names that I am butchering, but the synopsis is, Ever the busybody, Michael wants to know what his employees are writing, specifically about him, and has Dunder Mifflin IT set up an email surveillance program. And that is how he learns that Jim is having a barbecue that everyone in the office is invited to, except for him. So, uh, again, there's a lot of fun subplots, but the main plot is Michael is not invited to the barbecue. And uh, does not take that well. Yeah, but but as we already alluded to, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the competency of bridging cultural differences. And the cold open of the episode is somewhat timely. So this was... This aired in November of 2005, and so if you think back through your, I guess not so recent anymore, but your history of the United States, uh, the United States was entrenched in a war on terrorism at the time, and so the portrayal of people from the Middle East or anyone with darker skin uh, at the time was pretty one-sided and Mm -hmm. and really portrayed anybody that had things like a head a headscarf or a turban or um, wore non-American clothes, it really mm-hmm. portrayed them as a terrorist, mm-hmm. uh, no questions asked. So uh, Michael is sitting in his office getting ready to do his cold open uh, when he glances out the window, sees somebody walking in with a bag and a head wrap, and immediately freaks out thinking that it is indeed a terrorist. He runs out into the main bullpen, shuts off the lights, lock the doors, locks the doors, tells everyone to sit down and be quiet, and and he just assumes that it is a terrorist. But in fact, it is the IT guy that he has invited to come install this email surveillance program. So uh, the best part of the cold open is when Michael says, the IT tech guy in me did not get off to a great start, uh, which I think is an understatement of of gigantic proportions. So yeah, it's definitely an interesting cold open. And I, and I wonder... I wonder today in the year 2021, knowing just how culture has shifted, if they would even make a joke like that today. My guess is going to be no, but uh, but I'm not sure about that. It's interesting because, as you know, we, we, we live in this cancel culture where anything that mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah. you know, not in line with the current 
cultural trends is considered canceled or getting canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I find it really fascinating that uh, the youth of today haven't canceled The Office because there are so many wildly, even at the time, wildly inappropriate things and conversations and jokes. Uh, but I think one of the, the nice things about this show is that they were always intended to be wildly inappropriate. And it was always understood right. that they were an over-character, you know, they were a characterization of a response to a situation. And mm-hmm. I really do feel like this show, one of the main benefits of it is it created space for discussion. And so I think that's, you know, at least at the time of recording, the show hasn't been, quote, canceled. Um, <laughs> right. And I think, I think it will continue to kind of stand the test of time uh, for many years, just because it, it wasn't it it was intended to start conversations and get you thinking about how you feel about things um, based on your response to whatever the the scene is or the situation is. Right, and and this is going to sound really weird, but I wonder if it's almost it's such a weird phrase for me to even say, but it's like Michael's racism is almost endearing because you know that he didn't he didn't necessarily meet it in the way that some people very very cruelly mean it it's just because he's a complete buffoon and moron when that's where it's coming from so it's a little bit of a different scope it's not because we know we know michael we know how he acts how he behaves and it's like you just kind of say oh that's michael being michael you know what a what a silly guy he is well you and i talk sometimes at work about assuming positive intent so that's that's Mm -hmm. one of the values of our department is assuming positive intent and if you do that with Michael and assume that he is, to your point, just a buffoon that yeah. doesn't understand, like his intention, if you take that emotion out of it, you can look at it and see that his intent is positive. Like he is trying to get people to be together. He is trying mm-hmm. to like make people feel welcome. He is trying to make people laugh. It's just his way of doing it is is wildly inappropriate and wildly misguided. Yeah, and absolutely. He, but he doesn't. He doesn't understand that it's ignorance. Mm-hmm. I think to your point, he is kind of an endearing buffoon, which which has made the show all the all the better. Because if he were just an ass, it, the, I don't think the show would have as much. The, the show wouldn't have withstood the test of time the way it has. Oh uh, yeah, no, I agree completely. And and you think about this competency that we're discussing right now, bridging cultural differences. You would. Hope that maybe Michael learns something from that interaction in the early part of the episode because we see then towards the end of the episode when they're at Jim's party, this IT guy is there again and as Michael barges into the party, really uninvited, he looks around the room and he sees the IT guy and he goes, oh, come on, like that guy? You invited that guy? So he had a chance right there. Like, you know, you, you kind of were like, oh, oh, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? And he, he blew it again. Right. But to, to the point that we were just talking about with Michael being kind of an endearing buffoon, Jim's party kind of sucked until Michael showed up. Yeah, it was kind of boring. Great. It was, you know, great. Even even Kelly when she was sitting there talking with uh, was it um, Oscar and who was he talking to? Oh, Stanley. Stanley. Yeah, they were talking about the price of paper or something, and Kelly's like, "Come on, guys, can't we talk about something besides paper? Like anything else?" And they didn't. They didn't have it. They didn't have anything to talk about. They were just like, and, "I don't know." And they didn't. But then Michael showed up, and he started doing karaoke, and mm. you know, he's kind of. He doesn't. He doesn't care. Like he cares so much about his appearance that he doesn't care what reality is. And so he's just like going for it with the karaoke. And and at that point, Jim is like, "All right, you know what? 
I'm gonna I'm gonna get in board on board with this. And the party that's right livens up. Islands in the stream. <laughs> well, you know, and it's funny too, I and I thought about specifically the scene that you mentioned with Kelly and Oscar and Stanley, where they didn't really have anything to talk about. And I thought about office situations where I've been in, where maybe it is more of a social situation, where you realize you spend 40 hours a week with these people in the office and you know so very little about them. You can't mm-hmm. even open up a conversation that isn't related to you know something that's going on within the office. And, and I've thought about that even with coworkers that you know Bruce and I work together with other coworkers that we have. If I was, I don't want to say stuck, but if I was in a social situation with them, I'm not 100% sure I would know exactly what to talk about other than some very surface level things. I'm a big sports fan, so my go-to was always sports. And, you know, I, I joke all the time if I try to have, like, a conversation with a guy and I bring up sports and the person's like, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really like sports. I don't watch sports. I I freeze up. I don't. I got nothing. I don't know. You what, have the office. You could always talk about the that, office. Yeah, the office. Right, yeah. It's your like second. The, yeah. You know, the, the sports or, you know, sports or the weather or something like that. I mean, what else are you going to talk about? I mean, we could talk about Cobra Kai. That's right. We could, yeah. Our sub sub podcast. -podcast. (laughs) That's right. That's right. It is interesting. You're right, though. That party was kind of lame. And you even see at one point, and I don't remember exactly where it is. I think it's maybe when Michael first gets there or when he's doing karaoke. People are literally just sitting there silently. And Toby appears to be sitting on the floor just playing Mario Kart by himself i didn't even notice that on, on a tv yeah i caught it this last time that you know, usually i watch the episode a couple of times right so i'm just kind of scan the scene it, he just appears to be sitting by himself not even interacting with anyone just playing mario kart on jim's tv which again is a sign of the times playing some mario kart which is still a great game today oh, it's awesome yeah but, but you know what kind of party would you be at where it was so like boring or not fun or lame that you are just going to sit by yourself on the floor interacting with nobody playing mario kart i mean maybe that's just an indication of toby and who toby is the scranton that, strangler that's that's true. surrounded by people but still seeking out independence yeah and that's 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 a good point that's a good point we'll talk about toby probably later on in many episodes but we haven't gotten a lot of a lot of Toby scenes or information on Toby quite yet. Right. Speaking of getting information, we should probably talk a little bit about office romances and the. That's right. You know, we've we've touched on them a little bit before, but uh, but this is the first proof that we have that there is an office relationship going on, mm-hmm. and it is only shown by their feet. Uh, in what appears to be a child's playhouse, right there at the end. Well, you know, and we get. We get some, I guess I will say, detective work from Pam throughout the episode to try to figure something out. Because I think she picks up on something even earlier on when Michael first talks about, or or excuse me, when the office first learns about their emails being surveilled. Is that the correct verb there? Works for me. Whatever. When, When they first talk about that, you can see Dwight and Angela interact. And Dwight mentions something about making sure that, you know, any any sketchy emails or whatever are... Sensitive, t- yeah. Yeah, sensitive emails. And Pam hears that and immediately calls Jim over and said, you know, something weird just happened. There was this interaction and they both kind of just shudder and I could see Jim sort of die a little bit on the inside, maybe, from yeah. thinking, thinking about that. And then we see later on um, Pam asks Dwight about, you know, what sort of woman he prefers, and he gives a couple of, you know, hilarious examples. We see P- 
Pam Catchangela in the break room buying multiple uh, candy bars that one ends up in the uh, in the mouth of Dwight. So, you know, we kind of, we pick up on that. And it's interesting that Pam was kind of doing some detective work. Yeah, and it's interesting because Pam doesn't seem to want, like she wants to know, but then as she starts to, to think about it, she's like, I, I really don't want to know. And I liked her, her analogy there where she said, it's like squishing a spider under a book. You know it's going to be gross, but you want to look. look. Yeah. So you know we touched a little bit on the bridge cultural differences. The other one that we wanted to touch on in today's episode is leveraging technology. And this first time that we have brought this one up, it is one that is very important in today's business world, being able to to leverage technology. But I'm not sure we've talked about it yet. This is an interesting one because we do see Michael. From even the the early part of this episode, and Bruce, you touched on it, he has a program installed on his computer that lets him uh, search, like search keyword searches. I guess what is what he's doing. The people within the office, the emails that they're sending, they're receiving things like that, which is really interesting. And if you think about the different types of technologies that exist. Again, what did you say? This was 2005 that this episode Correct. existed? Yeah. To, to have some sort of, uh, I would ima- imagine, very sort of rudimentary search function, you know, to be able to do this. Um, but it's but it's an interesting tool that he gets access to. It is. And the, the thing that I want to point out is if you think about it, he's kind of trying to use technology to improve himself in a way because mm-hmm. he is looking through his his, his employee's email for what they're saying about him. And so his perspective is probably along the lines of what a data analyst would say, where they're looking to see what's being said so they can make changes and improve their process, improve their delivery, improve their management style. Michael, however, is unethically looking through their email for affirmation of how great he is. And so uh, a good way to do this would be to, if the employees know that it's being done, use the examples so that you can improve or to look for specific interactions with specific clients so Mm -hmm. you could see how that client was managed yeah Uh, so from that standpoint he is leveraging technology for you know a potentially good benefit he's using that technological that that technological resource he's using his it department however as is always the case with michael he's in that ethical questionable area he's not using it for the way that it should be used um and and even though he's he's probably convinced himself he's using it to try and be a better boss he's really just using it to try and improve his comedy oh yeah absolutely you even see that from the very beginning when the the it person is telling him how the program works you know i think at first one of the examples he uses is you know sales or whatever and then he immediately switches it to you know, Michael, comma, boss, comma, funny, or something along those lines. So he's not leveraging it the way that it should be. Um, But we do know that this is the year 2021 right now, how important technology is in today's society. So being someone who's part of the working world, I guess I will call it, you really do need to be up to date and be able to use technology to the best of your ability and really to your benefit, because there are so many things out there that are really just fantastic resources for us that will make us better. You know, what we are doing, you know, what our job is, you know, whatever it is, there's got to be a technology that could help you. Yeah. And, and, uh, when using technology, it's always important to be ethical in your use. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of information that you can get 
out there. And so uh, we've all been seeing the accept all cookies thing on every yep. website that you visit. Uh, and that's part of the whole uh, truth in advertising, truth in, in web use uh, movement that's going on right now. And so Michael thought that he was going to install this email surveillance uh, program and be able to see what his coworkers were writing, and they wouldn't know. Of course, IT understood the ethical implications, so they sent out the the email to all employees mm-hmm. that just said, "Hey, your email's being monitored." And so, uh, it's yeah. I just want to call out that when using technology, it's important to make sure that you're on the up and up with it. Yeah. Where where did the where did the term cookies come from? I mean, of all the words or phrases they can use, I mean, what why why is it cookies? Oh gosh. So I first started learning about cookies in high school, and I'm. Remember, I have a vivid memory of looking that up in my high school computer lab. Really? Okay. Yeah. And I think it was something along the lines of cookie crumbs, like leaving your oh, Hansel and Gretel okay, bread trail. Okay. I could be wrong. Let me Google that real quick. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, I would just like to accept all of the chocolate chip cookies, but. Right. It's such a weird phrase, accept all cookies, or it talks about cookies. So it says breadcrumbs is something different. So. Got to, you know, to be up front, neither Randy nor I are tech people. Oh, it's funny. No. I have a, an allow cookies on the the website that I'm on. Uh, but yeah. I guess breadcrumbs are something different. It says cookie is a small bit of information that travels from a browser to the web server. It was coined from the term magic cookies that derives from a fortune cookie, a cookie with an embedded message. Whoa, that, that man, that's like some inception level stuff right there. Right. A cookie, a message within a cookie. Yeah. Man, well, see, we need what like the we need the shooting rainbow thing. The more you know, the more you know. Wow, yeah, this is dropping knowledge in this podcast right here. Well, dropping something. Yeah, right, right. So, so in in interesting interesting thought about technology, you know, and that's something we definitely need to be to be thinking about. And again, this episode was in two thousand five, so the technology was very different. Now, you know, of course, technology has come light years ahead in the past 16 years but be thinking about that when you're using technology how are you using it how are you leveraging it and what can you do to to really leverage it to your benefit for the way that you're doing things at work and for the way that you're really advancing your own career yeah and that can be something as simple as polishing up your linkedin account that can be something as simple as uh you know having some sort of web presence that you know you can showcase some of your work or creating a podcast creating a podcast or writing a blog or uh, it can be really just using technology well when you're researching potential employers Mm -hmm. when you're Mm -hmm. researching uh industries that you're interested in working in so so there's a lot of ways to leverage technology yeah, I hear it often. The, some of the some of the students, some of the employers that I work with, you know, related to to what I do at Ohio State, you know, talk about creating podcasts, creating blogs, doing things like that for our students that are maybe interested in like sports broadcasting, media journalism, you know. And oftentimes, I will hear people say, you know, start a podcast. Any any idiot can do it. It's so easy. And I think, well, like, well, I have one, and I'm not an idiot, and it doesn't seem that easy to me. So, blah. <laughs> but I don't do any of the technical stuff. Bruce does all of that. So I'm just the talent. I was texting with some friends today from grad school, and our podcast came up. And one of my friends was like, I didn't know you had a podcast. What is this? And then he sent me a, a collegehumor.com video from three years ago where it was two guys talking about not starting a podcast and, you know, it was going to be somebody who was reviewing a TV show. And I was like, <laughs> uh, this is hitting too close to home. <laughs> 
He's like, don't start the podcast. As Nobody our wor- needs your thoughts on that TV episode. Our listeners from around the world have told us otherwise. It's true. This podcast. Our international, so, global listeners. That's that's absolutely. It's not just Bruce and I traveling internationally and then listening from overseas. It's real people. Darn it. It's definitely yeah. not bots either. That's right, right. So speaking of entertainment and things, one other area that we wanted to touch on in this episode was the sort of first uh, first introduction to Michael and his stylings at Improv. This is something that you, know, you, you kind of get bits and pieces of so far in the series. We know that Michael wants to be a comedian, wants to be the center of attention. He may have mentioned this Improv class, you know, in an episode or two earlier, but we actually see him in the improv class in this episode and uh wow is the word that comes to mind when i think of his uh performance or lack thereof in this improv class it seems like he has one shtick that he always goes yep. to he, he does his logic is sound yeah, i mean it is. action movies are exciting and engaging however uh his logic's really not sound so right uh, not only is he imaginary killing off his improv partners, but he's also killing off every scene that he's in. Do you think, because usually when he was breaking in, you know, in, in these improv scenes, and I don't know if he mentions it in every single little game or scene that he's in, but he references himself as Michael Scarn, who we know is the star of Threat Level Midnight. Do you think he was just workshopping things for Threat Level Midnight at this point? That's an interesting idea. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't say it in every little interaction in the class, but he definitely says it a couple of times, you know. Yeah. Michael Scarn, hands up. He's so desperate to be the hero, in addition to being the center of attention, that he's thrusting himself into that role in every improv scenario that he's in. And I thought it was funny when they called for volunteers for that first scene that we saw with him at the improv mm-hmm. class. Uh, and the teacher called him in. Everybody else's hand immediately went down. They did, yes. they did not want to be in the scene with him. Right. Something weird in that scene, too, and I don't know if you picked up on this, and I have no idea why I noticed it. I, I said earlier that I noticed Toby playing Mario Kart. But I noticed when people had their hands up, it must have been like 250 degrees in that room because people's like armpits were so wet and like I did not notice that on their shirts. It was strange. I don't know why I picked it up on one of the times I watched this episode over the last week or two. That I, it, and it wasn't. It was clearly Michael because he had like a light blue like dress shirt on, so you could tell that like his armpits area were really dark blue. But there were like multiple other people too. Where I'm like, well, how hot was it in this room that they were filming? Because something something weird was going on there. Must have been warm. Yeah, very, very, very strange. Very strange. So, so Michael, you know, and, and I think at the root of all of it, and you mentioned this, he just wants to be so liked that he's trying anything that he possibly can. And you even see it, I think, a scene to me that was, I guess, sad is the word I will use at the end of this improv class. When they're leaving, you can see that everyone in the improv class was clearly talking about going out together after the improv class. And one of the classmates was like, oh, no, 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 we're not going out as an improv group. We're going out because this one person somehow knows every single person in the class but from different things. So it's not really an improv class get-together. It's just a get-together, and it's all coincidental that, like, the 12 other people all know this guy from different areas. Right, and that guy that you're referencing was Ken Jong, who later uh, was 
known for uh, what was his name in the Hangover movies, Mister Ch- Mister Chow, Mister Chow, Chow, yeah, right, Mr. What, Chow. What, a, what, a, I, what, what an amazing person and in the first was, Hangover, at least. Yeah, and he was in Community, which is where I yeah. really like yeah. him from. So, but this is before mm-hmm. he was a star. Maybe that's another podcast we could start watching The Hangover because that movie is <laughs> love it. Maybe not so much the sequels, but that it's first. It's pretty funny. And, oh my goodness, it is so so funny. Zach Galifianakis in that one. I mean, he's got some just amazing amazing lines. I was thinking we should do a uh, as we talk about all of Michael's needs and inadequacies, we should get a psychiatrist. To come talk about Michael's problems. We do. We we have probably some colleagues that can do that that we know that That's are true. counselors. Yeah. So we can we can bring them on. So yeah. interesting, yeah. interesting. So let's kind of wrap this up. The towards the end of the the episode, we we see again this party. Bruce mentioned it's kind of a lame party until Michael gets there. But one of the competencies that we talked about, even with this improv class, is taking the lead and maybe you know trying to be more of a leader. We see Michael taking the lead a little bit at this party and kind of kicking it up a little bit. You know, he brings a bottle of wine. He's, you know, doing karaoke. He's trying anything that he can possibly do just to get the party started a little bit. Well, and everybody else that was doing karaoke was kind of just up there by themselves. And he immediately got up there, you know, get up here. We need somebody. Right. We need somebody to sing this other part. And right. He was singing the other part until Jim joined him. Yeah, he was taking the lead. He was leading by example. He was, uh, you know, trying to get people hyped up. He wasn't getting dejected because people weren't jumping into it right away. So he was persistent and, Mm -hmm. you know, kept trying to to work on getting people excited about the the party until they actually did. Right. And we get a great duet of islands in the stream. So I I have a question for you. Yes, sir. What do you think the candy bar that Dwight was eating from Angela says about his personality? It was a baby Ruth? It was a baby Ruth. What does that say about his personality? I don't know. I'm just we were just talking about psychiatrists and psychology. Oh. And... Huh. What? So I'm going to admit, would it be open in this podcast? It's a safe space. A, it is a safe not, space. I am not much of a candy eater, so I don't even know what a baby Ruth. Like what? What is it? What? What does it consist of? Well, Randy, I'm glad you asked. A baby Ruth is an American candy bar made of peanuts, caramel. And milk chocolate flavored nougat. Nougat? 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 Whatever that word is. Nougat? Uh, and it's covered in compound chocolate, which what does not that sound that, super that sounds gross. Com- yeah. It sounds like it's like not real chocolate. Yeah. I, I uh, dated a chef once, and she, I used to really like the, the Hershey's Special Dark. Oh. She was like, it's chemically almost identical to wax that you're eating. Oh, gross. So I'm guessing that's what compound chocolate is. Yeah, um, I I don't think I would like that because that would be far too chewy. I don't think mm-hmm. I would like that. I have no idea what that says about him as a person. I do know the way, though, that in that scene he was eating it was a little creepy. Yeah. Just the way he was eating it very slowly and deliberately was kind of creeped me out a little bit. Yeah, and he, like, let the wrapper, like, go across right. his face. Right. holding it back like a yeah. person. Yeah. Yeah, when you're when you're going to sleep tonight, listeners, just picture that in your mind. Dwight eating that candy bar slowly. Cool. So, Bruce, anything else from this episode? I feel like we touched on a lot. Did we miss anything, or we touched oh. on what, three three readiness competencies today. That might be a record. So I, we yeah, like a third. That's like a third of them right there. So for our listeners, this is like a bonus episode. 
I do want to say that Jim's three key ingredients for a great party made me laugh a little bit. He said, I've got three cases of imported beer, a karaoke machine, and I didn't invite Michael. So three (laughs) ingredients for a great party. But ironically, Michael is what made it a great party. Right, right. He also didn't have food for all of his guests. I think that's a a party foul there. Right. Angela was looking for something to eat, and he was like, um, there's soda over there. So right. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a vegetarian, but if I knew someone was a vegetarian, I might try to have like an option for them. I don't know. So so I hope that you learned something from today's episode. We talked about uh, numerous career readiness competencies, but very specifically leveraging technology and embracing cultural differences. I think just in, in the year 2021, those are so important. And they're being talked about you know, not only on this podcast, but lots of other places too, how we can use technology. Um, we've all been working from home, or most of us have, you know, through a pandemic. So technology has been so key. And then just everything that's going on in society nowadays, um, being able to just really bridge those cultural differences is key. So um, we hope this was informative today and we hope that you learned something from it. That is so right, Randy. Thank you so much for listening to us today. Uh, be sure to tune in to us on Anchor.fm. You can subscribe on uh, Spotify. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts and you can subscribe on Google Podcasts. So thanks for listening and we will catch you next time on Lessons from the Office.